Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Christian friends, listen up. Why is it that at halftime, the coach always has to tell his players to listen up, to grab their, their attention? Why is it when the CEO is making a speech or somebody wants to, to get everybody's attention that he has to remind or she has to remind the listeners to listen up? Because it's not our default, is it? We're more inclined to talk, to chat. The players in, in the locker room at halftime are, are talking to each other about what happened in the first half. They're, they're not in there to listen until the coach reminds them that they are in there to listen. And the fact of the matter is that if we are unwilling to listen in so many areas of life, we severely limit ourselves, don't we? If you refuse to, to listen because you're a know-it-all, then you're never going to learn anything else. If you refuse to listen to the needs of others because you are egotistical and you are only concerned with yourself, then you're never going to grow in being able to meet the needs of others and, and carry out what Christ has called us to do and love and serve our neighbor. Listening matters, doesn't it? And, and the truth is that we all, we all know how important listening is. The beautiful thing this morning is that if we want to stand out in the world, that's all it takes. The world has plenty of talkers, not a lot of listeners. We realize from an early age how important it is to listen. If you managed to, to open up my email this morning and click on the link, maybe you saw the YouTube video or clip that years ago went viral of the little boy telling mom, listen, Linda, Linda, listen, listen, listen. And if you haven't, somebody please put that on our, our Facebook page so you can enjoy that later on. But as humorous as it might be, it underscores something that we get at an early age. We want to be listened to. We want others to hear what we have to say. And our world is all about that now. Everybody has something to say, and everybody is convinced that what they have to say is really important for you to listen to. They're not so interested in what you have to say, but everybody has something to say. Now this could, could frustrate us, and maybe it does oftentimes, to get under our skin to, to realize how unwilling other people and ourselves, how unwilling we are to listen. Weren't we reminded of this not too long ago if you witnessed, if you watched any of the presidential debates at, no, at debates? No time in history do I recall two candidates stepping over each other as much as, as they did. Neither wanted to listen while the other was speaking. They only wanted to talk because everybody's got something to say. Now realize what an opportunity this presents for us. This is actually perfect for you and me, for Christians, to fit into this world in, in a really unique way, to be the ones that actually take the time to listen to others. And as we begin this series, I think rightly called Simple Evangelism, this aspect, this element of evangelism often is so easily overlooked and it's one of the simplest that we can carry out. Do you want to become an exceptional evangelist? It starts by becoming an exceptional listener. But, but pastor, listening is so hard. 
How do I do it? I, I don't even know how to listen. Well, you are in luck because I'm going to train you this morning on how to listen. Some of you would really benefit from that, just trying to listen to a 15, 20-minute sermon. So here's how we're going to do it. Now, it, it does get a little bit complicated. There's two steps, and they, they really, if, you, if I lose you, then you're, you're going to be totally uh, miss out on this exceptional training. But if you can stick with me, two steps to being a really good listener. All right, are you with me? Okay, here's the first step. Everybody has one of these, okay? Everybody has this. Now you'll notice that you have a lip on the top and a lip on the bottom. What I want you to do is to gently press those together. It doesn't have to be forceful. You don't have to, it doesn't have to hurt. Just gently close your lips. That's the first step to becoming a good listener. And the second step is actually the really easy one because it doesn't require any physical activity on your part. We do shift from here to these, though, with the second part. Now, the cool thing about these is that these will pick up sounds and words that other people make. And it's really easy to hear those words from other people if this isn't moving. Okay? Then the trick is, of course, to pay attention to the words that you're hearing with your ears. Because if we're not careful, we'll tune those out and we'll focus on something else. We'll become distracted. So that's it. Those two simple steps. And you're set yourself up to be a really great listener. Close this, open these. Pay attention to what comes in these. Now, of course, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but we all would do well to be reminded of those simple steps for being a good listener. There are some actual practical steps as well that we can apply to become good listeners. And that is kind of going to be summarized or, or captured by uh, an acronym, EAR. Use your ear to be a good listener. Engage, ask, restate. When you heard the gospel this morning, Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well, did you notice that he was the one to engage her in conversation? It was recorded for us. The one that started the whole dialogue was Jesus himself. After he was tired, he came up to the well, saw the woman there, and he asked her, will you give me a drink? Now just stop there for a minute. I think most of us here know Jesus pretty well, right? When Jesus asked this woman for a drink, do you think that it was because he needed her to get him water? Jesus, God in the flesh. There's a few miracles recorded in the Bible, if you've read them, that, that are pretty amazing. So I think Jesus probably was more than capable of getting himself some water or anything in any miraculous fashion that he could have chosen. He didn't need her to get it. He wasn't concerned about the water. He was concerned about the woman and her soul. And so he started that, he initiated it by engaging her with a question. That might be a terrifying step for us today, especially given the fact that here's, there's this kind of weird dichotomy in that as much as we all have something to say and we all think everybody else should be listening to what we have to say, fewer and fewer of us are comfortable initiating or engaging or starting a conversation. 
You know this when you're out in public and you watch people who are attached to their screen. A screen has become like a security blanket in public. If I'm looking at my screen, that's kind of your sign to me, don't engage me, don't talk to me, I'm busy, I'm occupied. And that's, of course, if we even get out of the house, which has only been reinforced these last 18 months, that that's our safe place. We don't want to go out around where other people are. So people are, are not naturally as, as willing to engage in conversation or as comfortable doing so as they maybe have been in the past. Now couple that with what is one of the most common reasons or frustrations, I guess, that, that Christians express when it comes to evangelism and, and not, not being involved in it more regularly. One of the top reasons is, well, I don't have any friends who aren't Christians. All my friends are, are Christians. Okay, I'll grant you that. But now think of what we just said, that people are not willing to in, engage like they used to be. Do you think anything in your situation is going to change if you are just waiting for other people to initiate a friendship with you? If you are waiting for other people who are using their phone as a security blanket to come and start talking to you? It's not going to happen. You're going to be waiting a long time. So this is a unique opportunity for us as Christians to engage to comment on what you see in somebody's shopping cart, to compliment somebody else, to talk about how well-behaved their children are. Probably don't say the opposite if it's true. But engage in dialogue with them and start something. And then keep that conversation going after you have engaged them by asking questions. You notice that Jesus kind of killed two birds with one stone because the first way that he engaged the woman at the well was to ask her a question. You ask questions, you are showing the other person that you are more concerned about being interested than you are interesting. You don't engage in somebody else to make sure that they walk away impressed by you so that they know everything under the sun about you. You ask questions because that shows them that you are more interested in learning more about that individual. And not only do, do, do questions continue the conversation, but, but again, as I said before, don't forget to listen to the responses that you, you get when you ask those good questions. Sometimes we can get distracted and we're so focused on the next question that we're not even listening to what is said. That will then open the door, once they respond to your question, to restate what you've heard them say. Now, I don't mean in a childish way, uh, the way that a, a little kid uh, annoyingly copycats a sibling. Don't regurgitate exactly precisely what you just heard, but summarize it, paraphrase it, put it into your own words so that you can show the other person you're listening. That's one of the, the greatest benefits. It, it actually lets the other person know you are paying attention to them. They do have your attention and your focus right now. It also is good for you because as you are summarizing it back to them, it's reiterating in your mind what they just told you. And a little trick, it also buys you a little time to be thinking about the next question, where you want that conversation to go. So use your ear. Engage, ask questions, and restate. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I will ask you in, in, in your mind, have I said anything so far that is new or earth-shattering to you? Probably not. You've probably heard everything that I've said. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you know that listening involves closing this and opening these. You've probably heard the whole engage, ask, restate in some form or another. 
So when we talk about simple evangelism, we're not talking about simply acquiring new knowledge. This is actually like so many other areas of life. It's not about just what you know. The challenge comes to putting it into practice. You know that you should save money. And you know how to. You know that you should eat healthy. And you know how to. You know that you should exercise. And you know how to. Knowledge is not the issue. The issue is applying that knowledge. How do we get from the know to the get up and go? How do, we, how do we take that knowledge and put it into action? Well, in this case, maybe it's not too surprising, but we listen. Yes, we, we listen. Not to our neighbor now, but to the Lord. We listen to the Lord and what he has to say to us first and foremost. And the more that we listen to the Lord, he's going to shape and change and mold our heart to give us a genuine desire to listen and be concerned about others. Did you listen to what James said as far as the Lord's view and perspective of you recorded for us today? In chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, James reminded us, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. You listening? Every good and perfect gift is from your Father. Are you listening? He chose you. Are you listening when James tells you that he gave you birth through the word of truth? To hear those words, to know that 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 is how God feels you. And and maybe that jumps out at us even more if you're familiar with the book of James. James is the guy that, that writes all about Christian living, sanctification. He's the one that really emphasizes that good works are important in the life of a Christian. How you live and what you do is important, but it's James who is here reminding us of who we are. That we are chosen. That God selected you. He picked you. And he preserves you. And he didn't bring you into an agreement that says, here's the contract, sign on the dotted line and keep your end of the deal. He he didn't bring you into a relationship that is conditional to say, well, I choose you if he simply chose you. Out of all the people on the planet, God has chosen you to be his. And that's why we listen to be reminded of that to counter the voices in our own heads that tell us otherwise, to counter the the voices from from others who tell us we're not good enough, from a world that says we don't measure up or there's something wrong with us, to listen to the Lord who says, I chose you, let that be the end of the matter as far as how I feel about you. Now, if that does not stir your soul, if that doesn't in any way bring about any impact or change in you, if you are indifferent to that reality that God has chosen you and set you apart, not just for this life, but for eternal life, his gift to you, and and that makes no difference in your life whatsoever, then maybe that helps to explain why we might struggle with the next verses 
that James lays out. 1920, he says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Is that you? Do you get frustrated when other people don't listen to you? Do you have to be the one that's talking all the time? Do you get angry when others don't see your view or your opinion on things? Are you convinced that your goal in life, that you are here to simply let others know how right you are and to correct them? Well, welcome to everybody else in the world. You fit right in, frankly. And, and let's not walk away just trying to, to minimize this as if, yeah, I've got a, a short fuse, I've got a quick temper, that's just me, it's just who I am. God says that's not okay, that's how the world is. And if you want to act like the world, then the reality is that you better be aware of the consequences that the world without Jesus is going to experience. You want Jesus outside of and apart from your life now, then he'll give you what you want for eternity as well. Realize the, the risk of minimizing these words, of, of not being slow to lose our, our cool, of flying off the handle and trying to downplay it. There's a, another risk. It's, it, it, James points out that when you do that, when you fly off the handle at somebody else, not only is that not demonstrating the righteousness that God has called you to demonstrate, yes, righteousness is, is his gift, being right with God is his gift to you by faith in Jesus, but then it does also have application in how we show, how we display that to others. So that doesn't demonstrate the righteousness that God has given to us to set us apart, but it does double damage. Think of the impact it has on the person who is listening to you. Shudder the, the thought if they find out that you are a Christian and they have an opinion of how Christians should be and instead they see you fly in a rage at them. You may have just jeopardized or forfeited their opportunity to benefit from Christ's righteousness down the road. So listen again. God chose you. God chose you and he gave you birth through the word of life. Birth, which means life, not, not the death that you deserve, not the death that our sins deserve. But he gave us life through that word that assures us that we are forgiven. Every time that we have missed opportunities, whether it's because we have lost our cool, we have flown off the handle, or it's because we just locked our lips and said nothing. God still says, it's okay, I've, I've given you birth, I give you life through the word. And it's that same word of life that he uses not only to bring us to life, not only to birth us into the Christian faith, but to keep us and to sustain us in the Christian faith as well. So if you struggle with caring about other souls that right now are, are on their way to hell, if you are indifferent toward that, then go back and let it sink in that God has given you life. And part of the reason that he gave you life is to use you to give life to others as well. So let's listen 
to the Lord. And then go out and, and listen to others as well. That is my desire, is that, that we as a congregation become some of the, the best evangelists, exceptional evangelists, which is not complicated. Do what the rest of the world refuses to do. Listen. Listen to how much your Savior treasures you again and again and again and again until you, you can tell your, your heart is changing and you are less concerned about yourself because you know that your own soul is secure. And now you are concerned about listening to others because you want their souls to be secure as well. Because you want them to long for and to love to listen to Jesus as much as you do. Amen.